Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello and welcome to the Five Yard Darcy podcast with me, Rich Cooling. Uh, so, not only an exciting show, but some very exciting news. So, joining me uh, today is Liam, um, who is going to be joining, well, has, has joined, shall I say, the Five Yard family as co-host of the Five Yard Dynasty podcast and also going to join us as a writer. So Liam, how are you doing? Not bad, thank you, Rich. How are you? All yeah, good? I'm good. It's, it's an exciting day. It's, uh, it's yeah, it's been, been in the works for a few weeks, but, uh, but really excited to, to finally have you on board. No, I agree. Yeah, it's been in the works for a few weeks and uh, it's, it's good to be on board finally. And we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes from here. We're excited to do some, some exciting things with uh, Five Yard. Fantastic. And, uh, and also joining us, so it's it's my brother, Kenny, but I, I guess now this is your third appearance on the podcast. You're no longer my brother, you're now friend of the show. So uh, so it's friend of the show, Kenny. How are you doing, Ken? I'm, I'm good, thank you. Am I not brother of the show now? Then is that, that not how you Maybe, maybe, maybe yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll give you that name as a, yeah. a new title, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. So, um, so we're going to dive into it this week. We're, you know, we, we spent let's be honest, the last few months obsessing about rookies and, and rookie hype is still very much um, in in focus. So uh, so we're going to kind of flip 180 on that and we're going to focus on some veteran values that uh, that you can be looking to target in your dynasty leagues that can essentially tip you over um, 
and hopefully win you some titles this season. I've talked on the last couple of podcasts about, you know, the, the decision around when you've got an aging asset, you know, we talked about potentially selling last week with Anthony Cornetti and now is the time to sell some of those assets. But once you go past that sell window, it sort of op- opens up a really good opportunity to buy. Um, and so we're going to run through some of our favorite buy candidates, some guys that you can, you can get on the cheap because they're old, quite frankly, um, but can still give you at least another season or two of, of production. So, Kenny, I'm going to come to you first. So who's your first kind of veteran buy that can help you win now? Uh, so this was this was when we you started uh, talking about this idea for the show. This was the first guy that popped into my head even before we looked at any of the numbers or anything like that. And it's uh, Tom Terrific, Tom Brady. Uh, I, I I think he stands out as the obvious candidate here. Um, if he's on a team that in your league is looking at a rebuild or or is not possibly contending immediately, then he's the guy that I would be thinking that that is there. And I think his value is just too good to ignore. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So his his current ADP in Superflex Leagues is around QB23, um, which, you know, that seems slightly ridiculous when uh, when we're talking about potentially giving you one, maybe two top 12 seasons. Um, I mean, where where do you think his, his longevity is, Kenny? Do you think there's much left in the tank? Do you think it's going to be a couple of years do you think it'll be a one and done or I am no longer ever betting against him to just keep going forever and ever and ever I mean what this guy in 2014 people were talking about him being done so you know no um in all in all seriousness I think you've got to look at it realistically as you're thinking he's probably going to be two years fantasy relevant I mean Obviously, there's there is precedent that with some of these older guys, Peyton Manning is the obvious one that springs to mind. That when it goes, it can go quick. Um, so I think, you know, it is it is obviously if you're going for him, you know, you're not going to get. There's absolutely no resale at all with him. You're you're investing, and and that is it. You're you're stuck with him. But I think we're going to be looking at a top ten QB for probably two more years at least to a 10 to 15. And, and like you say, if you're, you're getting him at the end of, of a pick 20 QB 23 in a, a super flex, there's just a lot of value there. Yeah. So. I, I guess for me, he's, he's that sort of dream safe third QB, isn't it? If you've gone slightly risky at QB two, whether it be, you know, one of these rookies, someone like a Zach Wilson or someone like that, or, or even, you know, you, you've, gone a bit more expensive and got a, a Jalen Hurts or someone like that as your QB2. If you've got Tom Brady as your QB3, you, you know you're, you've got that floor almost every week, haven't you? He's never going to throw a lot of picks. He's never going to have a horrific week and, and just offers that, that safe plug-and-play kind of veteran. Absolutely. I think as well, you've also got that option if you, you went, say, QB early in the first round. And then you can hold off and maybe get one or two rounds of getting high quality position players before you get him. And and then, you know, he's your QB too. You know, right, I've got to find a, a high quality backup, either in this year's rookies or potentially next. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So Liam, bring you in on that. I mean, current price of Tom Brady, sort of, I guess, around that sort of late first, early second in, in current picks. I mean... If you're a contender, are you are you happy giving up your first round pick for someone like Tom Brady in the Superflex League? 
It it really depends because at the moment everyone thinks they're a contender. It's that time of year. <laughs> Everyone's looking at their teams, going, "Oh, I fancy my team more than yours." Um, and no one really knows what the injuries are going to look like. No one thought that Saquon and Barkley, um, Saquon Barkley and CMC were going to get injured last year, and they were going one and two in most drafts. So um, I'd be reluctant to give up a first, especially this early in the off season, if you're talking about 2022 picks. An early second, I'd probably be a lot more, a lot more happy to do so. Just looking back on his stats over the past however many years he's been playing, because it feels like an eternity. Um, the only time he's finished outside of the top sixteen quarterbacks was when he finished quarterback eighteen in two thousand and sixteen, and that was the only time he's not played sixteen games since two thousand nine. Yeah, wow. that that says everything that you need to know about him really is he doesn't miss games. And as I know, a lot of people in the community say availability is a great asset for any player. So having a QB, even though yes, he is on the older side, having a QB that is, especially if he's your QB two, pushing as a QB one in scoring that, that is what contenders are made for. So yeah. if you are a contender and you truly think you are, I definitely recommend sending your 2022nd. If, if you're talking 2021 picks, I'd probably give up an Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore for him if you are pushing for that for that championship this year. Yeah, absolutely. I think if you can, you know, if you can package it, you know, maybe even a second and a third, something like that, go out and get a, a Tom Brady. It, it could easily sort of tip you over the uh, the edge to, to winning that title so then sticking with you Liam so where are we going with your first kind of veteran value um so again this was the first uh, name that I came to when um you you posed the question to me and that's Adam Thielen so even though you've got the new hype around Justin Jefferson um over in Minnesota Thielen still finished as a top 10 PPR um, wide receiver last year. And considering that no one really rates Kirk Cousins, he still managed to keep both of them as high-end assets last year. Um, And then in 2019, he got injured. But then 2018 and 17, he was again still top 10 in PPR scoring. So he... You could probably get him for about a mid-second at the moment, and I think that's a very worthy price to pay if you are a contending asset or a contending roster, sorry, and just try and grab in that extra wide receiver, extra asset to push you over the edge, as you said. Yeah, I think, and this, to be honest, players like Adam Thielen were were kind of the reason I thought of this is that I, I talked about a little bit on the. Um, fancy wildcard streamathon which if you haven't checked it out you should definitely go and check it out it's uh it was a fantastic uh day really um but basically a mid-second round pick in your rookie draft you've got about a 25 percent chance that that player puts out one top 24 season as a as a fantasy producer well if you can go and spend that on adam thielen i'm fairly confident that adam thielen's gonna have at least one top 24 season, if not more. Um, and I'd certainly give it more than a 25% chance that he did have. So I, I think 
you know, if as we said, if you are a contender and everybody's still obsessed with picks at the moment and young players, it's such a good buy because, you know, the chances are if you just literally look at it, look at it on a purely odds basis, you're going to get more than the investment on someone like an Adam Thielen. Kenny, do you think that, you know, Adam Thielen, he's, I think he's 31, 32 now. He's, he's getting up there in age. Obviously, we saw Justin Jefferson come in. And, and really kind of slightly take over that offence towards the end. Do you think Adam Thielen can keep producing for another year or two? Or do you think we're, we've already hit that cliff? No, I think, I think obviously, I think you look at it and it suggests that he's possibly seen his best days behind him. But if you look at the roster, there's no one else on there apart from Justin Jefferson and, and maybe Irv Smith to a certain extent that you're looking at thinking, oh yeah, they're going to, you know, take away the targets kind of thing. The other thing is, is that obviously last year where Justin Jefferson was quiet for the first few games and then obviously came to life, it would have taken teams a while to adjust. So it'd be interesting to see what kind of coverages they go up against next season where, oh, sorry, this season where I think that Justin Jefferson is going in as the clear number one. So does that mean Thielen's going to be getting, you know, a lot more favourable looks? So I think, to me, from that side of it, I think it's a great shout. I think certainly one, possibly two years again of high-level production. But, you know, he's also, where he's a good route runner, you can see the idea of him, if they do, you know, go and get somebody else, you could see him settling into a role where he might be quite effective in the slot or whatever. I I, I think, yeah, I think he's got at least two years of of being a very fantasy-relevant wide receiver. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, And let's be honest, with most rookies in the second round, if, if you're getting two years of production, you're absolutely delighted. So I do think mm. that sometimes we we become obsessed with these rookies and we think they're always going to be, you know, the next Justin Jefferson. But actually, chances are they're uh, they're more likely to end up like an then kill Harry or someone like that. Well, and you're not going to get you're not going to get any. No one's going to gasp in your league when you you take an Adam Thielen or you get an Adam Thielen. No one's going to be like. Oh yeah, that's the sexy pick. Do you know what I mean? Like he's just going to be solid production, isn't he? That's that's what you're going to get. You're not you're not going to wow anyone with that move. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So my first pick, I guess, sticking to to the brand and and perhaps the theme that I seem to bang on constantly about, and it's it's buying those dips in value when they come. And I think, you know, my pick is going to be Julio Jones. We've seen obviously. A lot of talk. We've seen the the Shannon Sharp video that got released the other day, which I, I still can't quite believe that actually happened. Um, but it looks like Julio Jones is going to be in a, a different setting, should we say, next year. And the the overall theme that I've certainly been reading and and certainly seen on Twitter is you you must go out and sell Julio Jones because no offense is going to be as good for him as Atlanta and. To be honest, I, I don't disagree with that, but I just don't get this idea of going and selling a guy like Julio because, you know, you're not getting anything more than maybe an early second, maybe a late first. And I'm convinced that wherever Julio Jones goes, if it's not Atlanta, he is going to be, you know, still a top 12, top 20 receiver for the next couple of years. And, and it's basically cut and paste everything you've just said about Adam Thielen but I'm even more confident about it with Julio Jones, to be honest. I mean, Liam, do you think that given the the kind of the press and the talk around Julio Jones at the moment, do you think he's a good time to go and buy him? 
Uh, it really depends on how your teammates look at it. And I know that in a couple of my leagues, there's um, one or two that are looking at selling him now that all the talks around and and maybe thinking that the the value has spiked a little bit. Whereas I know that there's some of the leagues that are thinking the complete opposite and then not willing to sell because they think the value has dropped and you don't know where that trade's going to go um, or if that trade's actually going to happen. So really, it, you've got to look at your your uh, have those discussions with your league. And the, the main thing that I've found is a lot of people are getting scared off by the injury concerns that happened last year because obviously he was in and out of the season and he was playing games and then not finishing them um, and obviously the age kind of plays into that as well but for, for me I've traded for him in one league and I really had to get convinced to trade for him to be honest <laughs> I had a I had a younger roster so I didn't really want to go and trade away um, just trying to think off the top of my head, I think I traded away Cooper Cup, who's 27, for Julio Jones, who's um, 32. And it wasn't it wasn't a one for one. There was other pieces, but um, I with mean, the rest of my roster looking younger, that, that was definitely a consideration for me. But if you're looking at contending, I can't see a reason why you wouldn't, unless you are completely worried about the injuries that happened last season. Yeah, so I mean, it, guys going around Julio Jones currently in ADP, so you've got DJ Chark, you mentioned Cooper Cup there. I mean, even someone like Jerry Judy. Kenny, are you, you know, if you're in a startup, if you're looking to compete in year one and, and go on and win the title, are you feeling comfortable picking Julio Jones over the likes of Jerry Judy, DJ Chark, Cooper Cup? Uh not over Cooper Cup because he's my boy forever. I was going to say, uh, yeah. I, I, should have, I shouldn't have asked you any question involving yeah. Cooper Cup because uh, I? I know you love no, him. So. Yeah, love, love him dearly. Yeah. Um, no, I, I feel like Julio's a bit like a, a Rorschach test, really, in that I think you can see whatever you want to see out of him almost. <laughs> that I can, I can, you can, you can paint me a picture where he gets traded to, a, you know, an offense and he completes it and he becomes a top 10 fantasy wide out again. I can see a situation where he's banged up and he doesn't play. I can, you know, it's really hard for me to, at the moment, the number of teams that are getting mentioned around of him, you know, I've seen all sorts from the Jags and the Raiders to the Browns to the Titans and the Pats today were apparently the favourites. And I mean, even even the Titans, you look at that and you think, God, you know, him and Brown on the outside, Henry in the backfield, suddenly that looks like an incredible offence. But the offensive coordinator's gone. They've got issues on the line. You know, the um, Isaiah Wilson thing didn't work out, so they've got to try and plug that gap. And you know, I just, I just think at the moment it's, it's hard. I think if, if you, you want, if you can get a good offer for him, if you can get that late first, or, or, or then yeah, take it. But I think there's, a, there's a risk element there, maybe more than, than I would potentially be willing to, to take while it's. Um, is final destinations unknown yeah yeah i think for me it's that price dependent if i can get him for a anything up to a you know an early second if it's the 201 in in this year's draft i'm happy paying that once we start talking first round pick i start to get a bit nervous and i think that's probably the price at which 
I'd probably start walking away if I'm being honest. I think that's probably a little bit rich. But I, I think at the moment with everybody feeling of quick get out on Julio before his, his price plummets, I think you can get him for that second at the moment. So coming to you now then, Kenny. So your second pick. So who, who are we looking at here as a, a cheap buy? So I went for um, T.Y. Hilton as my second buy. Uh, he obviously came on towards the end of the year after having generally a, a disappointing year. There's been a lot of changes there. Um, but again, it's kind of one of those, you know me, I like an opportunity. And when I look at that roster, I just don't, you know, I just, I just think there's a really good chance that he ends up as the wide receiver one at the end of the year. When you look around there, I mean, I know a lot of people like Michael Pittman. I wasn't quite so high on him coming out in the draft. And I think when you consider that he's going, what, he's uh, ADP is wide receiver 67. You've got him going generally for a third. And I kind of think, he, to me, there's a really good chance that maybe he's not a, a top 25, but a top, top 30, 35 kind of guy, which is a regular starter, isn't it, in a 12-team league? that feels really good value there for and it might only be for a season maybe two but you know if if you're close I think he's a guy to be certainly be looking at do you are you concerned with you know the age obviously he's he's very much reliant on his speed in terms of that's been his you know calling card through his career are you concerned that that age could start to disappear as we're 31 getting close to 32 I do. I, I I think you know there's a definite risk here, but it, as you, you know, it's a third third round pick. You yeah. know, there's loads of guys that will be going in dynasty drafts in the third round that won't even make the roster this year. You know, yeah. and I just think that he's. I just think that he's a. You know, when you look at the other receivers there with the Colts, and granted, obviously rosters aren't finished now. You never know who's going to get cut and all kinds of things like that. But they seem to be uh, a. Um, organization that sort of stick with what they got rather than going out and making splashy moves and I just think that he you know it's him or Pittman or Pascal and a few other guys that to me it seems like if you can get any wide receiver one on any team even if the the um, offense is limited and the the equivalent is a third round pick in a rookie draft or you're able to get him as a 67th wide receiver that just feels like really good value to me yeah yeah, okay. And Liam, obviously we've seen Wentz come into that offence. It's, it, I guess it's going to be very different to, to the offence with Phil Rivers that they had last year. Do you think that Wentz is a good thing for Hilton? Do you think he's a bad thing for Hilton this year? Well, I'm hoping he's a good thing. Um, so I have Hilton on one of my contending rosters that I made a push for last year and unfortunately uh, didn't quite get to the uh, championship but he really came on in the latter part of the season in the last couple of weeks he had um two or three um around two, two or three weeks where he had around a 20 uh, 20 point performance in PPR scoring so he definitely turned in or turned on the the jets should we say um but to, to be honest with him, he frustrated me in the, the first half of the season. So my opinion on him has probably soured a lot um, just because of how frustrating it was to put him into my lineup and get six points or less than that um, and wonder what, what's happening, whether he's already fallen off the cliff. But I suppose when we're, when we're talking about all these vets, 
what what we're trying to get across is when you're trying to make that push for a championship you're the, the way to get ahead of the rest of your league is to try and predict those boom plays to so the, the ones that uh, the, the players, that are, their stocks are going to rise. So as Kenny mentioned, he's going as the wide receiver 67. If you're paying a late third or a mid third for a wide receiver 67 and he ends up being a top, top 36 receiver on the year, then that, that's going to help you get there. And the same with Julio, with Thielen, Brady, everyone that we've already spoken about. If you're paying lower prices and then you're getting that production during the season, that's what's going to push you over everyone else in your league. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, if we're talking a third round pick, we're looking at about a 10% chance that that player becomes fantasy relevant. I mean, Again, I feel like I, I can copy and paste pretty much everything I'm saying. I'm, I'm taking that 10% chance that T.Y. Hilton's a, you know, a top 24 season over the next couple um, within that. So, Liam, sticking with yourself then. So, who's your, your second pick for this, this veteran buy? So, I'm staying within the conference. So, I'm going over to the Texans and I'm going to take uh, Brandon Cooks. So, um, when I was thinking about this exercise and trying to figure out who, who to take, I realised that I don't have Brandon Cooks on enough rosters. Um, last last off-season, you had all the talk about his uh, concussions. And then when I started looking at his stats, um, he only really had a down year last year, uh, as in his last year with the Rams, sorry, so 2019. And um, even with... No, basically nobody else around him apart from Will Fuller. He still put up a wide receiver 16 in PPR scoring. And he's going as the wide receiver 45 at the moment in startups. It, exactly what I said with TY is you're, you're looking for those values where they're going to outperform their ADP so you can go and get that championship this year. And with, with his current price, uh, a uh, mid to late second. I I don't see how he's not going to outperform wide receiver forty five. Yeah, it's I look. I I absolutely love Brandon Cooks. He's on as many of my rosters as I think I can I can manage. Um, I think he's been forever undervalued. It feels like everybody keeps writing him off as you know a, a deep threat that that doesn't do more, and it it feels like he keeps getting written off in the NFL as well. You know, he's been traded. What is it three times now and it feels like wherever he goes, all he does is produce. And he's, you know, it feels like he's been in the NFL for about 10 years and I think he's still 27. Um, so he's still got a few more years in the tank, shall we say. And I think that, yes, there is an awful lot of uncertainty in that quarterback room this year. But whoever is the quarterback, I think, you know, Brandon Cooks is going to see a decent target share. And I, I really think that, uh, as you said, wide receiver 45 he's he's a, a fantastic value at this point Kenny I know you've you've always been a, a Brandon Cooks fan do you think that it will continue in in Houston catching balls from question mark at quarterback <laughs> good question that one yeah no um no I, I agree 100% he was he was one that I was looking at on, possibly on my list I, I think um you know I think even the worst NFL offenses which the Texans could be this year are usually going to have one fantasy relevant pass catcher. So as scary as they look as a, a team, you know, I think 
you've got that. The other fact is they're going to be behind in a lot of games and they're going to be throwing it. You know, yeah. so I think that's also something that's going to be possibly, you know, boost his numbers. So no, I, I, I think Liam's picked well there. I think he's a, he's a definite good shout for this. So yeah, and and well worth a, a mid second. And I think, I think also that his price is probably lower at the moment because of that uncertainty at quarterback. I think you know if we're going to see in a couple of weeks potentially, if something came out with Deshaun Watson that meant that he he was going to play in in twenty twenty one. You know, that's not me predicting. I'm just saying if something did happen, I think you'd see his price pick up quite a bit. Um, uh, but I think that if, if you can buy that dip, and, and absolutely, I think he's going to produce, overproduce his ADP, certainly. Um, so then my my final pick. So, so this one, I'll be honest, it's, this isn't necessarily the player. This isn't necessarily the situation. This is just, I think that Dynasty community, Twitter, I think that ADP, is, is kind of talking out two sides of its mouth, if, if I can pardon the phrase. So I think You're about that, to pick Ryan Fitzpatrick? No, I'm definitely not going on a Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> rant again. Um, so Deshaun Watson, hot topic. You know, we can we can sit here and talk about him as a an asset, as a player, as a despicable, questionable human being as, as much as we like. But we have seen his ADP absolutely plummet in terms of dynasty in terms of redraft everything okay he is currently going as the the qb 15 in uh, in in leagues in in adp yet the potential starting quarterback in that offense if Deshaun watson is going to miss time which everybody seems to think he is is currently going as the qb 43 in adp and that is tyrod taylor and to me I just don't think I can't see how both things can happen. If either Deshaun Watson is an incredible value at QB fifteen, if people are thinking that he's going to play this year, or if he's missing time, which is why he's going as QB fifteen, then why is Tyrod Taylor going as QB forty three? This is a guy that's had, you know, in his last two seasons as a starter, he finished as a top twelve QB both years. He offers incredibly low interception numbers. He offers a rushing upside. You know, yes, he's he's not Kyler Murray, he's Lotton Mar Jackson, but he offers a rushing upside. Yes, he's not the greatest NFL quarterback, but for fantasy production, he is competent. And you can get him as your fourth or fifth quarterback for the price of a, a late second, a third in Superflex leagues. I mean, I just can't understand it. I can't understand how Watson can be so cheap, but also Tyron Taylor can be so cheap. Liam, am I am I talking absolute crazy? Do you think that Tyrod Taylor's just a wasted pick and, and we're gonna see him sit on the bench and he's never gonna do anything or or not? Uh, I I agree with you that Tarad doesn't fit the ADP that he's being drafted in at the moment. So who who are we really taking as the eleven non-starting quarterbacks above him so you've obviously got people like Jordan Love and then you've got Teddy Bridgewater slash Locke who whichever one isn't starting and you've got some players like that but I can't think of 11 quarterbacks between the 32 starters and then the 11 high-end backups should we say that would provide more upside than uh, to Rod at the moment and it as the NFL have shown, you, you, Deshaun Watson can still ha- get a suspension, even if it's 
a four game, six game suspension. That's six games that you're not going to get from any of the standard backup on a on a regular season basis. So um, even though he's not the sexiest of picks when you take him in a startup, he definitely provides that upside, especially for QB forty three. Yeah, Kenny, you you were sitting there shaking your head whilst I was going on my little rant. I was just having flashbacks to, I think we had this exact conversation last year, didn't we, on the podcast? Potentially, um, yeah, yeah. 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 I think I, think I, I quite liked him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was it was a bit of a different situation. Obviously, nobody expected, you know, someone to puncture Tyrone Taylor's lung and Justin yeah. Herbert's come in and be, you know, the second coming. But I think, yes, it, all I'm saying is, is that, to me, the starting quarterback in that Houston offence is currently a fantastic value. I have no idea who it's going to be. Yeah. Maybe it's a case of you go out and buy all three. You know, if you can get... No, I mean, that's that's my hang-up, is that I, I can kind of see, obviously, not with the punch lung, hope it doesn't happen again, um, but I could see the Texans at 0-4 and Davis Mills is your, your starting QB. I mean, I, I, I've been thinking about the Deshaun thing. Obviously, we were in the start-up and sort of around when all the, the stuff with him started and we're discussing what was his kind of value. And I think even since then it's plummeted. I, I really struggle to see how he's not suspended. For the, he's not on the commissioner exempt list, isn't it, for the year? Yeah. I, I, so I, I would really struggle to see him being particularly relevant this season, which then means that you've got Tarod and, and um, Davis Mills. And I just think this Houston team, it's not going anywhere quickly, is it? I mean, it, you know, they've kind of made their intentions clear. And I just think that if they're sitting at 03, 04, they're going to chuck the rookie in. And then you're going to be in this situation where maybe it's a little bit like the Jags last year, you know, one week it's Jake Luton, one week it's Gardner Minshew. You're never quite sure who you're going to get. And I think maybe, you know, maybe they catch light in the bottle and maybe he starts the first couple of games to get a couple of wins and, and you roll there and you're right. The the value is of a point where why not take a punt? But I don't know, if if I was looking at a QB there, I'd be tempted to almost take, a, you know, one of the uh, younger rookies or, or a backup somewhere else. I just I just don't, I, I can't see him playing more than five, starting more than four or five games personally. Yeah, and I think look, let me let me be honest. I I really like Davis Mills. I think that the Texans said something to you know. I always believe that teams show you what they want to say in terms of how they spend their draft capital, rather than necessarily what they say in a press conference. And the Texans have gone out and spent the first pick they had in the draft on a quarterback. I think that shows a lot. But Tyra Taylor is currently going as QB forty three. Andy Dalton is going as QB forty two. Gardner Minshew is going as QB 41. I think there is a, you know, a 75, 80% chance that Tyra Taylor starts more games this year than Andy Dalton or Gardner Minshew. Yeah. And, oh, I mean, you're not wrong there, him. but then if you're in a situation where you're starting any of them in your team, even in a super flex, I think you're potentially in, if, if we're talking about being a contender, I think if you're rocking in with Tyra Taylor as your starting QB on a contending team, I think you're in trouble. But I'm I'm never wanting to start Tyra Taylor. I think if you're a contender in a Superflex league and you've not got four starting quarterbacks, potentially even five, I think you're in real trouble. And I think that, that I'm I'm not sitting here going, yep, yeah, you're a contender, Tyra Taylor's your QB2, you're, you're sitting pretty. I think if you can go out and get Tyra Taylor as your QB4, QB5, that 
you probably won't start him. But if he get, if he starts four or five games and maybe you get a couple of injuries or bye weeks and he can see you through that period as your, your QB4, I think you're sitting pretty. But I think if you're a contender and you're sitting there with only two or three QBs, I think you need to go out and buy some more because I think that in Superflex, you can never have enough quarterbacks, quite frankly. That, so, that's exactly what I was going to say is if you, Tyrod does end up playing one or two games hopefully you're you're playing or he's playing during weeks two three four somewhere in that range and you probably had your first or second quarterback injury in the season <laughs> and then that, and then if you think about it Burrow went down week two and then you you've got other other quarterbacks around that range as well that also went down Dak went down at week five was it yeah. so Although you're not looking at starting Taylor in any of your matchups, and if you are, as you said, you are probably in extreme trouble. Um, you, what you're trying trying to do there is go and sell him to a contender who needs that, um, who needs that quarterback just for that one or two weeks, and then you immediately make a profit off your third into a second. And yes, it's not a lot; it's a round, but as we've said on here already that difference between a third and second is the difference between Tarad and say an Adam Thielen a Brandon Cooks and then that's where you you make those moves during the season and that's how you get to the the next stage yeah I mean I was I was laughing there at your positivity of second or third quarterback injury by week <laughs> two and uh, but actually you've you've made a, a cracking point there in that yes you, you can go out and buy Tarad now and it's not a case of he has to be a starter for you. It's a case of if he is a starter, you can probably turn him into a, you know, an, an improvement on the pick that you've paid for him. So I think that's a fantastic point. Um, so Kenny, coming coming back to you for your third and final pick, I, I get the feeling we're going to go landing spot again. What what you got for us here? Um, I'm not not proud to have written this in because I think I have to check my Ravens fan card at the door, don't I? If I, <laughs> if I say this name, but yeah, my my third guy was um, Rashad Perriman. Um, again, working on a similar theory to the T.Y. Hilton one is that someone there has to catch some passes at, at some point, you know, and you look and that is, I mean, whew, the Ravens take a lot of stick for their receiver room, but Detroit, Detroit, oh, that is, that is something else right there. And uh, again, I, I think there's always going to be value in a guy that's potentially a number one receiver in the team. And if I had to, you know, pick one out of the guys there I think he at the moment certainly early in the season would be my my favorite and pick 71 I I think there's a chance that you know I think there's a chance that he starts the season well and then you know as Liam said that there's a chance that you've either got some trade value there because he's he's having a good start even if some of the younger receivers come in a bit bit later on or that he's a you know a, a fourth or fifth wide receiver for you when you're getting him for basically a late third, fourth, or a, I mean, his ADP is 71. So, you know, again, I think, I think there's some value there. Yeah. And I think, look, let's, let's be honest. He, he was on the Jets last year and I was very excited because I thought that that little, you know, stretch at the end of the season with the Bucks and, and before that with the Browns, I think he's shown some really good flashes and I was very excited that, I thought he was going to come in and, and kind of outproduce what the Jets were paying him. And to be honest, I think with a better quarterback, 
I think he would have. He 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 was able to get open last year. The problem was that Sam Darnold can't throw the ball accurately more than thirty yards and getting the ball at all. Um, so I I I get it. I think you know I've I've been saying all off season that since the draft don't don't draft Adam Rasson Brown because he's landed in this great spot because he's still a day three wide receiver and you know I don't believe in day three wide receivers quite frankly. So if I'm saying that I've got to got to believe that someone else is catching balls in the offense. If if you're asking me, I think I wouldn't be shocked if we're going to see TJ Hawkinson get 150 targets. I wouldn't be shocked if we see a lot of two running back sets and Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift taking turns to line up out the slot. But I do agree with you. I think particularly in something like a you know a best ball, if you can get Brashad Perriman where he's going to have some boom weeks, he's going to catch you know those have those weeks where it's three or four catches for 100 yards and two touchdowns or something like that. But if you can use that to then sell him off and, and get better value than you've invested. I think it's a, a great idea. Liam, are you are you a believer in Perriman or or do you think it's just a case of there's there's not going to be anyone worth rostering in that receiver room? Uh, as Kenny said earlier, I think there's going to be at least one fantasy relevant receiver in that in that offense. Whether that's going to be an actual wide receiver or whether it's going to be TJ Hawkinson is is something else, but I think it's worth taking a shot at someone in that offense. It just depends on cost and who. Um, I have a, a couple of Tyrell Williams shares, um, who's also on that offense, and um, I know that Quintess Cephas was a nice name this off season to try and try and acquire um, just before the draft, and I sold a couple of shares of him um, just because of the value spike. Um, so I do think someone in that offense is going to catch the balls, but who is anyone's best guess? It's kind of like the San Francisco 49ers backfield. You, you don't know who it's going to be, but it's going to be someone. Um, so if you really want to take someone in that backfield I def- or in that wide receiver room, sorry, take the cheapest one in my eyes of those four that we've named already um and i've kind of switched over to your philosophy this year rich with uh not believing in day three wide receivers um and i've not got a single share of amon ra because i've seen him go mid-second it's really, uh, i saw him go i saw him go to 201 in a draft and i was absolutely gobsmacked yeah, yeah it's um, yeah. yeah i don't get it at all I was going to say, see, seeing him go over players like both of the Moors and, and other players like that, I kind of shake my head or I'm I'm trying to figure out why someone's doing it and then realise that it's because no one else there is going to catch the catch the ball other than Hawkinson. But as I said, I think your best bet there is to take whoever is the cheapest option. Um, and I don't think that's Amon Ra, so... Perriman is definitely up there and he's showing flashes, as you said. Maybe maybe this is just the Devontae Parker style, you know, f- former first round pick <laughs> that's finally going to break out in his, what is it now, like his seventh year, something like that. It's, you know, just that delayed breakout that we can all hope for. Well, I mean, you've got to remember, he's a big, fast guy. Those guys will always get a chance in the NFL. You know, coaches like those guys, don't they? And, and you know, he has got first round pedigree. So yeah. I know that, unfortunately. Um <laughs> But yeah, you know, I mean, 
I think I think Liam's right. I think it is it is a lottery pick. I mean, you could interpret that as take all the Detroit Lion plus catches and then maybe one will uh, work out, but uh, maybe not the best strategy there. But yeah, I think he's right. Look at look at his cheapest and and there'll be some value there. Yeah, I think for me, the the thing with someone like Perriman is that if you're buying him with a view of him potentially starting for you a few times. I think you're going to struggle because I think you're, he's going to have boom weeks and you're never going to know when they're coming. Whereas I think if you can view him as an asset that you can buy for, as we said, what, a third or fourth round pick, something like that, he's probably on some waiver wise, to be honest, with a view to he might have a couple of good weeks and you can then sell him for a second or something like that. I think that's fantastic play. I do think that he, he could you know be one of those guys that comes at the end of the season, he's a top 36 receiver, but... He's had 10 good weeks and seven awful weeks kind of thing. It's um, Yeah, he's that kind of guy, isn't he? So, Liam, your your final pick, where where are we going to go here? So, for my final pick, I wanted to try and transition away from the guys that we've already mentioned that are ageing, probably on the wrong side of 27, as Dynasty people know 27 is the magic number for some odd reason, even though I think it should be closer to 30. Um. So I try to transition away from that. And we've talked about wide receivers a lot, but we've not mentioned any running back. So I wanted to go with um, honor, an honourable uh, mention to Austin Eckler. But unfortunately, um, when I looked at his ADP, it's a lot higher than where I've been getting him. So I went for Zeke Elliott. Um, so even though a lot of eyebrows probably just went up listening to that, uh, he's going as the RB14. Um, in in current ADP and to to me that is mostly the DAC injury last year um, and then him having Andy Dalton and then, um, and then I can't remember ben, his name Ben, ben, ben Denici or whatever it was yeah, yeah. so um, really do you think an RB it, uh, running back is going to succeed with Ben Denucci and um, and Andy Dalton, to the extent that Zeke was being drafted at RB4 last year, I don't think so whatsoever. Um, so I think that has really soured people's tastes on him. But knowing that Dak is getting back, and we've seen pictures on Twitter over the past couple of weeks of Dak throwing balls and whatever, um, I think RB14 is about right for where I take him in Dynasty. But if you want to... Um, go and compete, which is what we're basically talking about in this episode. Is you're you're probably paying for that upside and trying to get that boom play where the rest of your um, where where the rest of your league gets those bus plays. And Zeke, I think, still has that RB top RB uh, potential, and he showed that at the start of last season when Dak was healthy. Yeah, and I think that. Um, gonna gonna have a little plug for my uh, my dynasty survival kit because I've just added a, a contract um, kind of depth chart and I think that the thing that gets forgotten with Zeke when people are talking about oh he's over the hill um, you know he he, he he's done they're they're not going to give him the ball as much is that they are so tied into him as a running back in that offense because of his contract. They can't do anything but give him the ball. 
they can't move off that contract until twenty the end until twenty twenty three. So he is going to be the starting running back in the offense for the next two years, guaranteed. Okay, I can't say that for many running backs in the NFL. There is, you know, you can sit here and you can say, oh, but I've got, you know, this this second year running back. Someone, okay, Kenny, put your fingers in your ears, but J.K. Dobbins, yes, the hope is is that he is going to be a stud, but there's no guarantee that he is going to be starting running back in Baltimore for two years. He's not done it for a season. There's no guarantee in two years' time he will still be there. Zeke is going to be in Dallas for the next two seasons because they can't move off that contract. So I think that, yeah, you know, we've seen a huge value drop. He was a, you know, a top three, a top four running back. I think that, you know, I always say about you've got to sell running backs before the the kind of the window drops and and to get maximum value. But for me, I think Zeke's already on that decline. And I think that you know, you can get him now for what a mid first in Superflex leagues. I think in in terms of ADP, so he's going back to back with Najee Harris, who was what the one oh four, one oh five in rookie drafts this year. Yeah, depending on how you had your quarterbacks. Yeah. yeah so if you can get Zeke for that one oh four, one oh five, and I think Zeke's got a pretty good chance of being a you know a top twelve, a, a top five running back over the next two years. I think it's it's a good aggressive win now move to go and make. Kenny, do you think Zeke's going to keep producing or, or do you think he's already hit that cliff? No, I agree with what both of you said, that I think he's sort of properly valued now. I think that running back has shown that it's uh, um, uh, an op- like a you know number of carries. He's going to get enough carries that he's always going to be fantasy relevant, isn't he? As you've said, he's going to be the primary ball carrier there for the next two years because... He has to be, you know, they've got no wiggle room contract wise. They have to be. My, my only slight caveat is that I think it is. I think he, you know, his upside is where he's getting drafted. I don't, I don't see him being a top 10 back, but that's not so much him. That's more that offensive line that was once, you know, the absolute best in the NFL has now very, very much fallen towards the middle of the pack and, you know, Frederick's gone and you're sort of, you know, Smith isn't what he once was. So you're sort of suddenly, it's, it's you just say it's only Zach Martin on that line that looks like an elite player. So I don't know how much that's going to affect him, but the the history of running backs would suggest that, you know, line play pretty much dictates production. But as you both said, he's he's going 14. I think that's a proper value, unlike last season where he was a lot higher. And I think he's going to get enough carries. He's going to get 300 plus touches this year um, because they ha- he has to. Yeah. I do think that the one sneaky thing that I, I'll be honest, I don't think I've heard anyone talk about off the back of the Dak injury is obviously Dak had a, you know, a decent rushing production profile when he was fit. I do wonder if now we've seen a, a pretty horrific injury, whether he's going to be a little bit more kind of reticent to take off and run. And I do wonder if we're going to see an increase in the the number of checkdowns if you know if if there's not things open downfield. Hmm. And I do wonder if we're going to see an increase in the target share to to Zeke and and he can yeah he he's not got the running back kind of off it, that fantastic offensive line sorry that he's had in in years past. But if he can offset that with an extra ten fifteen targets a year, I I do wonder if that could kind of help boy that that slight drop in production because of the the weakening offensive line 
if that is a, a thought process that they have, though, does that expand Tony Pollard's role? Possibly, but you know that I don't think we're going to see Pollard and Zeke on the field at the same time. So I think that you know if if we're talking about Zeke's on the field and things aren't open, then the checkdowns to Zeke, isn't it? I think that yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if we saw in in all NFL teams now we're moving to a seventeen game season. I wouldn't be shocked to see the running back twos <clears throat> used more. I wouldn't be shocked to see more backfield buys committees. I wouldn't be shocked to see, you know, Tony Pollard see an increase in, in the screen game and, and see an increased usage across the board. But I do think that if Zeke's on the field, they're, you know, they're, they're basically going to, we can almost pencil in now that Dallas offense is going to be 11 personnel, what, probably 75, 80% of the time. I can't see those three receivers coming off the field. No. I think they're going to rotate between Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz. And, and I think that Zeke and Tony Pollard are going to rotate at running back. And I think that's pretty much their offensive personnel when you can pencil that in there right now. I yeah, think no, I, th- I think... Oh, sorry, Liam. No, carry on, carry on, Kenny. No, I was just going to say, I think you, you've sort of said about something there that, that's been mulling around in my head about the, the RB2s this year. And I think that's something that, that will be an interesting thing that no one knows exactly how it's going to play out. You know, obviously most RB1s are on some sort of touch limit and it'll be interesting to see whether the 20 to 25 carries a game carries on or whether that's maybe mapped down to 17, 18, which I know isn't loads, but over the course of the season, it will be interesting to see if more and more of these backfields are legitimate two-back you know, operations. Yeah, what, what I was going to say to that, just on the targets point for Pollard, was he only saw 40 targets last year. And I say only, that that's still quite a lot. But when you take into consideration a quarter of those came against San Francisco when Elliot wasn't playing, you, you, you're seeing, what, 30-odd targets a season? And mm. yeah, we, we're always not going to get the, the mirror image from last year to this year. But if you take that into consideration, and, and the year before, he didn't see many targets either. He saw 20, but that was his rookie season. So you take that as you will. And I do think he'll get an expanded role, but how much that expanded role is actually going to eat into Zeke's role is to be confirmed. We're all guessing at this point, but I suppose from what history is telling us at the moment, I like Zeke's chances over the amount that Pollard is actually going to eat into it. Well, that that concludes the, the kind of veteran by nows. What I would say, guys, if you're listening, it's it's a bit of a risk. Because uh, I think, as, as Liam touched on earlier, at the moment, everybody thinks they're a contender. But if you're going to go out and buy veterans, now is absolutely, in fact, probably the last month is, is probably the, the time to do it. I think that as we start to get closer to the season, as we start to get people in that sort of redraft mindset, some of these veterans are going to start creeping up those ADP lists and the prices will start going higher. At the moment, everybody is still obsessed with rookies. At the moment, everybody still thinks that, you know, the top 20 rookies that were drafted in rookie drafts are all going to be absolute studs and and move on and, and won't hear that any of them are going to bust. But I think that go and buy those veterans now and put you in a better position in, in two, three months' time. What you might find is you can go out and buy a veteran now and you can probably sell him for a profit in two months' time once people start to get in that uh, redraft mindset. But um, but thank you very much for for joining us, Kenny. Thank you very much. It was uh, fantastic to have you back. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, and Ken, uh, Liam, 
absolutely, as we said earlier, absolutely delighted to have you on board with the the Five Yard family. Where can uh, where can Rush Nation find you? Where can they uh, read you read your work and, and find you on Twitter? Um, so I recently changed my uh, fantasy app just because it was difficult to say and difficult to remember. So it's now the FSA tweets and just a bit more ring to it and a bit more of a uh, easier to say and remember so uh, yeah find me at the FSA tweets and uh, we'll try and get some more dynasty content out there fantastic well I'm uh, I'll be honest I'm very pleased that you've uh, you've changed your handle because because uh, I always struggled to say the last one so very pleased for that and uh, and guys if you if you haven't please go and check out my uh, my dynasty survival kit it's my pins tweet on twitter um there is if if i can say so myself some some really good stuff on there in terms of there's my rankings my rookie rankings there's the trade value calculator there's the um contractual depth chart that i mentioned um every player in the nfl that's fantasy relevant you can see how many years left on their contract when they're potentially could get cut and move on. I think it's uh, it's really important to start thinking about contracts when you're when you're playing some of those dynasty leagues. So uh, we will uh, we will see you again next week, and uh, we will have another great show for you. to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.